PunkTheology.net is the website. This is episode 20 here in 2020. You're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. This would be season three. Yes, and I would be your host, Russ Shaw, the Gen Xer, and soon we'll be joined by Derek, the Millennial, and Steve, the Boomer, as we discuss the very sticky, very tricky, eyebrow-raising married man being buddies, friends, BFFs, what have you, with an adult female human person. So, here we are. Welcome to Punk Theology from Russ's backyard, since we're still the windy yard. Social distancing, we're just boiling all our germs that way. This is uh, the right side of the state. I figure the whole social distancing thing will give us an excuse to do this outside. Record outside. <laughs> Record outside. So if it sounds like there's wind and trees blowing and wind chimes and there's a fountain over there, there is. Because there is. <laughs> this is actually, this has not been set up by some doctored studio magic, like you might think. So people have been curious about Capitol Hill here in the Seattle area, and like it's been making national news. So, what 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 is the news, Derek? Like, what is the news that you heard? I, I know that people on Facebook are like asking, like it's anarchy, and people are like, "What's going on yeah. down there?" So I was <laughs> just telling you guys that I have a, some friends from Idaho that are so excited to be freaked out about this. Right, like, <laughs> like just eating it up, like, yeah, yeah. like a it's bunch like, of fucking crazies over there. This is a great thing to be outraged over. Right, yes, this is, this is, a, it'll be fun. Um, yeah, it was the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, so it was Chaz, it which was I thought Chaz. was a way better name than Chop. Yeah, yeah I think now I it's Chop. Yeah, Chop just doesn't flow. That just sounds violent. Yeah. <laughs> like, how are you supposed to be, yeah. you know? Chaz, think about that. Chaz sounds fun and omnisexual. And <laughs> yes. Chaz. <laughs> and Chaz is that friend of yours. He's kind of, mm-hmm. he's a bit of a metro, you know. Yeah. Like, but super fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's fun. And if, if you have a, if you have a friend named Chop. <laughs> Stay away from Chop. Yeah, you never know Chop. Don't fuck with Chop. <laughs> but Chop stands for uh, Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. Right. And Chaz stood for, yeah, the Autonomous Zone. Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And it's, you know, it's funny knowing, I haven't been down there, but knowing people that have been down there that are posting pictures on their own uh, Facebook feed and that type of stuff. And for the most part, it looks like an art festival. Yeah. Like, just a lot of people doing art and stuff. Somebody posted a picture you said about, uh, this is not Coachella. Yeah. <laughs> There's something written on chalk on the, on the ground that said, this is not Coachella. Which is kind of funny, because... I get that the people there are trying to take it super serious. Oh, yeah. And, like, this is our protest. Coachella got canceled. But, I yeah, know. But a bunch of fucking people around Seattle are like, hey, Coachella sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's, right. go, let's go see the art and maybe we'll pick up some fun drugs. And, yeah. <laughs> and, but that's the thing, too, is it's not just Seattle. Right. Yeah, like, there's people flying in from all over the world. Those are the people that are... Uh, more antagonistic. I yeah, think. I think they're the ones that are stirring up a lot of the trouble. 
Because there, at the beginning, there wasn't a lot of trouble. You know, like I have friends that there. live out there, and they're like, everything's great. Like yeah. you know, there's not a lot of the the no traffic. protesters were policing themselves, and and they were throwing out the kind of yeah. troublemakers. Fucking and knock. Fox News got a hold of it. Yeah, and then Fox on News. MS put a photoshopped picture of a guy with a AK-47 <laughs> that's right on their front fucking page yeah I posted that on the Facebook group page for the Punk Theology Pub on Facebook if you want to see pictures yeah it's weird like I'm not going to go down there yeah uh, I don't yeah Dana and I almost really went down there on Saturday so we collect records, and I've heard that businesses are still open down there, and they're doing pretty good. Mainly yeah, because it's become like a tourist. <laughs> yeah, it's become like a tourist destination all of a sudden. And uh, there's this huge record store in Capitol Hill called uh, Everyday Records. They're kind of a chain. They're in Portland. They come from Portland, and they got a few around here. Uh, but it's it's a huge record store, and it's decently priced and very kind of. People there are knowledgeable. Sometimes bands play there. It's it's like a warehouse. So we were thinking about going just to just to visit that record store and to kind of see what's going on too. But then we're but then we were thinking, oh god, how far are we gonna park? Right? <laughs> we're gonna have to park like way far away and, and fat chance of getting an Uber or you Lyft. Don't, you don't want to take a bus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take a, right or the Uber <laughs> Lyft drive. Like I wouldn't be freaking working down there when I did the Lyft. No way. So, yeah, it's just a funny thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's another thing for people to be outraged about. Yeah. Both sides. And there's been shootings. So that's made the news because there's been two, two shootings. Um, but the thing is, that's not new, you <laughs> know, <better>. sadly. <laughs> that's not just because there's an autonomous or, you know, they kicked the cops out and now there's shootings. No, there were shootings before <laughs> when the cops were there. Some of them were the cops shooting. <laughs> well, the crazy thing is that those that are there are getting them to the hospital quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Because those that are on site, they're just sewing in the back of a pickup truck and racing them across over the hill to Harborview. Mm -hmm. And by the time the aide gets there, well, aide won't go there without the cops, and the cops can't get in, so the aides won't go in. Right. Yeah. So they can't, the cops can't get in to find out who did it. Detectives still haven't gotten in from the first shooting to find out. At least this is what local news is saying. Yeah. Uh, so, but that is the trade-off. They're getting there quicker. No, he's gone. He's already over there. And now the mayor's saying it's over. We're gonna. Yep. We're gonna tear all the barriers down and arrest people. So we'll see how that goes. But a lot of this is is Seattle hasn't had the best reputation as far as police violence either. No. You know, and and Seattle was investigated. I think that made national news. They were yeah, investigated yeah. by the yeah, the, feds. the feds for corruption. And it, and it wasn't a good finding either. No. And then we have a new police chief, and she's a little better. But yeah, there's. I mean. The whole culture has to change. We've talked about that in some other shows, so we're not going to bring that up. But we wanted to give an update on Chop or Chaz or and all of their crazy friends, <laughs> and say that Seattle isn't burning to the ground. It just feels like a very Capitol Hill thing to do. It is a like very Capitol not, thing to do. It is completely in character. Yeah, that's something yeah. to happen on Capitol every Hill. year. They block off all the yeah, streets they and they do. do a thing called the block party, <laughs> and it lasts for like a week. Or yep. four days or five days or something like that. 
and yeah they blocked the whole thing off and and now they've done it just i don't know it's weird it's, it's block it's party or withdrawals yeah, that's true <laughs> block party withdrawals i really do think that's a huge part of it like mm -hmm. i love that this is not coachella thing because like yeah because it is because just because the people there want it not to be coachella doesn't mean it is coachella for all the other people that are going yeah and that's kind of like hey i thought this is a autonomous zone <laughs> i'm autonomously deciding this is coachella <laughs> that's right we're planting the coachella flag i need yeah. fucking coachella right now i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> that's right i'm gonna do some some x and break out the lights i don't know how you been steve i've been good business picking up yeah, more and more people are opening up. My dog's uh, awesome. Yeah, going for walks. Steve's puppy's getting bigger. Yeah, thought about bringing him over, but he wouldn't get along with your three-legged dog. Three-legged dog. No, he'd probably go after because he wants to run. You might go after the chickens. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. All the new dogs that come over, are like, oh, chickens, get them. Yeah. We got three, four yep. chickens running around back here. I think they're all hiding from us. But you had a good, uh, we have a conversation about that a little bit uh, on my birthday. Some folks came over. Derek was here. Steve was here. And the, the idea of, we, so our first, you, you were saying that, I didn't realize this, but our first episode was on male friendship. Yep. And guys. Companionship, I think. And companionship. And yeah, like, what, what is that like? So, especially coming from a Christian upbringing, and yeah. we all... We all were raised in the in the tradition of uh, American evangelicalism, and and, and we were, you threw out the idea: of, what is it like to have female friends when you're married? When you're married, yeah, yeah. So that's something I've been exploring lately, and Misha and I have been having a lot of really good conversations about it. Um, Don't have an emotional affair, right? I know, <laughs> like what the fuck is that? Yeah, fair like, thing. Well, ultimately, yeah. it comes down to like. There's just that philosophy in Christianity that your wife is supposed to be your only female friend. And that they really, like, and from one aspect I can get it. Yeah, me too. Because I've seen what happens when, like, I can go really bad really fast. When people hit it off. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but on the other side of it, like, you know, they're just so conservative about it. Yeah. And uh, and that was really a hard thing for me after I got married. I always had really close female friends that there was there was three girls in particular there just really wasn't a sexual charge there. At least not on my end. Um, I could and didn't seem like it was on their end. And I just loved having that female perspective is so different than the male perspective. The energy is just completely different. Um, you know, topics come up that wouldn't have come up with. I think with other that's men. for me is that topics come up that would never come up with guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so just trying to re-explore that a little bit. Um, there's a there's a woman that I went to a high school youth group with recently, and I reached out to her because she seemed like she was dealing with some tricky issues. And so we've been talking, and it's been really nice to reconnect. And we've been, you know, spending, I think we've probably spent a total of five or six hours over the last couple of weeks just talking back and forth. 
on the phone or uh, we so uh, I actually did a little bit of EMDR with her so we did that over zoom okay and then uh, and then just chatting back and forth on Facebook mostly and I started to like freak out a little bit oh, yeah. like like this goes against all of my upbringing yeah. right <laughs> like <laughs> like and uh, so I've gone to Misha like five or six times you know like are you freaked out like am I you know setting myself up like most Russ said for an emotional affair <laughs> um, uh, but at the same time like that whole idea that your spouse is supposed to be the only friend of yours from the opposite gen like that's fucking stupid I like that's just and it doesn't work no I think for me it's what are the top I mean where does the conversation go mm -hmm. um, yeah because if it's just a generic, well, not even generic, but saying, "Hey, these are, this is, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I've dealt with," as opposed to going further and even in becoming a sexual conversation, I would be really uncomfortable in that scenario. I'm trying to figure out and just keep an eye on the whole, like how much of this. Am I enjoying it because I'm not getting it from my wife? That's why it would be uh, my And then, the, or how much of it is just like, this is just a different person. She has a yeah. different perspective on things. I really enjoy meeting new people, um, making a, a connection with somebody that I find interesting and thought provoking, and, and, you know, and from the whole aspect of, you know, I knew her when she was a teenager. She knew me when I was a teenager. Getting that whole perspective on life. Um, Were you guys close as teenagers? We had a really odd relationship as teenagers, and that we kind of knew we were each other were there. We hung out with the exact same people. Um, <clears throat> there was no didn't, sexual stuff. No, there was that. That's kind of the nice thing about it, right? Was there's never been a history right. of any like sexual charge between us um, and she was always there right. and I I enjoyed her as a person but we never really like sat down and had a big heart to heart or we'd, we were hanging out all the time but I didn't actually know her all that well I suppose right um, so just yeah and it's been really fun to get to know her sure uh, and uh, yeah so and but at the same time like freaking myself out and I'm way more freaked out about it than Misha is um, really? Which is a good sign. Yeah, Misha's. She, she, <laughs> it's funny because she's like, "Hey, it's fine. I trust you." And I'm like, "I don't trust me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> don't honest. trust me. That sounds like a horrible idea. <laughs> Why would you do that?" Uh, <laughs> you, yeah, trust me. That's good. That's right. Oh fuck! You trust me? Mm -hmm. Man, that makes this harder. But see, then you get into the... I think what you touched on before, too, is the, the self-talk of shame. Yeah, for sure. I listened to... Uh, There's so much conditioning. Oh, yeah, shit. big time. I was listening to a bunch of Brene Brown, and, and I watched a bunch of YouTube stuff, and uh, almost every podcast she was on. And that's a, a few things she's touched on, and, and it does come a lot from religious conditioning. Like, she started in Texas and grew up in that culture. And so, you know, she just talks about the the self-talk of shame so there's the self-talk of, of guilt and then there's the self-talk of shame and I think that a lot of the conditioning from the upbringing the tradition we grew up in 
is you just jump to that conclusion of, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not trustworthy, or what do I do if I start getting these feelings? I think as long as you don't start hiding stuff, you're right. fine. That's when you get into trouble, is when you start keeping those conversations away from your spouse. Right. My wife and I used to have this rule when we first started on Facebook, like no Facebook friending people that we've had sex with. Yeah in the past because we both you know we were both pretty sexually active before we met and uh, and now it's kind of like like she's friended some friends of hers from, from her past and she lived in Climate Falls, Oregon and and I'm like I don't care now like I have a different perspective on that I don't think she, these people are going to come and I don't question my wife that she's going to hide you know well, we're going to run to a motel with you know, like is that really something that my wife's yeah. going to do. Yeah, I wonder if part of that is why guys do freak out and like there's just so much pressure on the whole thing. Yeah. Like something that started as a female friendship, like, like it, there's just a whole bunch of weight on it that wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the church freaking out about it. Yeah. yeah, it's weird because it I've never friend requested a woman on Facebook. Yeah. I've been requested by women, and I've accepted them if I've known them, obviously. But I've never friend requested a woman. Hmm. And then my wife, I saw my wife as a former uh, employer of hers. And I asked her, I said, did you request him or did he request you? And there was a pause, and she said, he requested me. And I said, oh, that's just weird, because I just can't do that. I mean, out of respect, especially if it's a married woman, you know, out of respect for the dude. I got a lot of women friends on Facebook, but they're the ones they've always initiated. Hmm. And uh, I said, "Well, I right, just talk to him." And she goes, "Well, he'll probably lie and say that he." And I'm like, oh, "Why? That's why? Weird. Why? <laughs> what?" You know? But yeah, that's just that's, that's wait, just why me? me? <laughs> but I've got friends that I communicate with. Well, um, I have some great women customers. That that's part of my job is to develop that relationship, yeah. and we've developed friendships. I've got a couple gals that I, I talk to who are, have just gone through stupid divorces. And I have the, I guess it's just people feel safe with me because they'll talk to me about stuff. Yeah. And I get a little uncomfortable just when they start confiding in me in ways that you feel good about, but yet it doesn't cross the line. But I could see where the line is. Right. That's you know. kind of where I started jump into this was a co-worker of mine uh-huh. um, she was only there for about a year and a half but we re- developed a really close friendship yeah. and I remembered like oh shit like I really miss this yeah. I really miss having a nice close friendship and there was never even close to a hint no. of anything weird the whole time yeah. um, and I got to really trust her professionally yeah. and then you know we could just talk about about stuff we were thinking about, um, and yeah, and just had that moment of like, like this is yeah, like I miss this so much. It's kind of worth re-exploring a little bit. Yeah, because you can. I think we talked about this at Russ's birthday. Is you can go out to dinner or go out for beers with guys, right. and it's cool, no problem. But what if you're gay? Right. You're a closet gay guy. You know, it it doesn't. That isn't even on the table. But if you're if you're seen with another woman automatically yeah. 
Rumors start flying. Prime example is one of my old Young Life kids um, from back in the 80s. We get together whenever I'm in the vicinity or she's in the vicinity. She comes over to the house or I go out. We'll grab a a dinner or a glass of wine um, when I'm up on business. And uh, we were were up in Bellingham and uh, she wanted to show me this hotel. It's a big, nice hotel on the on the Founders Bay up there. I think it's it called Founders Bay or Founders Bay. Yeah. So we went in there and they remodeled it. And I and I told my daughter and my wife this too. I said, so we went in and I was just curious about what the prices of this hotel was. And I said, <laughs> okay, so I'm with this woman, right? Right. Yeah. And hey, what does it cost for a room here? How about I said, an hour? How much does it cost an hour? No, right? <laughs> so I go, I go, I, I, I'm a, I, just curious is the, you know, your vacancy rate and what is for a room because I like to bring my wife up here. And immediately, and that's not my wife. And I said, why did I have to do that? Right. Because I felt guilty. Right. Yeah. And I talked to my daughter about it, and she goes, Dad, I do the same thing. Yeah. You know, I apologize about stuff there. I have nothing to apologize yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I don't know why I couldn't have just stayed there, but I felt that guilt, that shame. Mm-hmm. I was here with a woman that wasn't my wife, and I'm asking about prices of hotel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. almost like the devil is dressed up like a, I don't know, Jimmy Swaggart or something pops yeah. up on your shoulder and goes... So, Steve, why were you asking? <laughs> or the church lady from Saturday Night Live. Yes. Well, hmm, yes, well, could it be Satan making you uh, think about those dirty thoughts? Is that what it well, is? And it's, it's bizarre because we have a great friendship. See, that's one of the, with some of what we're talking about. Is that you can have, and that's cool that you have those relationships still, too. So you were, uh, you explain what young life is for for folks that don't know. Was Young Life kind of a anti-church thing? It wasn't necessarily tied to a church. Well, it, was, it was a youth group thing, yeah. right? Well, the guy that founded it was a dude by the name of Jim Rayburn who said, uh, if you want to get kids to come to church, don't hold it on Sunday and don't call it school. So that's what yeah, he did. Call so he, school. <laughs> so he started this group of just hanging out with high school kids in homes where mm-hmm. they felt at ease. And that's what this gal, who um, she's 13 years younger than I am, she was a part of our youth group, and, or of our young life group. And she told me, she did, when we got back, reconnected on the Facebook, she requested me. She said, uh, I want you to know you and your wife saved my life. And I go, what? She goes, yeah. You guys made such a role, you played such a role that I knew I could go to you and you were safe. Yeah. Well, now it's kind of cool because we're adults. So I mean, she was at the time 16, 17, 18, graduated from high school. In here, I was in my 30s. Now I'm in my 60s, and she's in her early 50s. So it's a completely different dynamic, but it's a relationship built upon what we founded back with Young Life, which is earning our motto back in Young Life is earning the right to be heard. Yeah, is that you listen to kids, you get to know kids, you cared about kids, irregardless of what their decision was about following after Christ. Right. Because I had a lot of friends that never did make a choice to follow Christ, but they're still friends. Yeah, and you get to be that probably parent that they didn't yeah. have, or that you know positive relationship role model type of person in their life, which I think is cool. Dana and I have friends like that. You know, I have a a friend who calls me called me on Father's Day because he sees me as kind of that dad figure, which I I found extremely touching. You know, like that. I guess one of the cool things about and it's not even church, like. This this guy was a, a friend of my son's and went through some hard times and 
and uh, and there was that. But I think that staying on topic, <laughs> yeah. your Thanks. relationship with that woman is is something that is really cool, and you've had to push back. I don't know because there is that kind of also shamey kind of male youth pastor thing yeah. going on with young women yeah. and all that. Yeah, they think, think, yeah. quotes, you yeah. have it together yeah. because you're a leader. Yeah, there is some weird energy that can come up. The, the, whenever I've been part of these questions, you know, this type of thinking in the past, the questions always come up, well, given the, the opportunity, would you fuck her? Um... That's a big question. Yeah, there's a, a big lot question. of there's a huge amount of depth in that. That's right. And I don't, there's and, a lot of divide in between. Right. The, the, and this well, and, the other. and you know it's <laughs> it was a lot simpler back when I was a teenager because mm-hmm. um, there weren't any consequences for something like that. Um, we're like maybe probably like if we both got drunk and and whatever um, or you know I had a couple that friends friends that were girls that were really hot and I wasn't it wasn't me actively trying to find an angle to get in there but if it came up like I might have gone for it yeah. but it's really different when you're an adult because the leverage is just completely different like I got shit to lose but yeah. I don't want to pay for that for 30 years no. fuck that yeah, yeah. that's, that's like, exactly right like and and I think in the Christian world that fear is so intense that guys build Barrier after barrier after barrier after barrier in front of themselves to keep themselves safe because they don't want to lose all their shit. And can you just be an adult? Yeah. Right? Right. Can you just say, like, hey, or even like, it's come up in this conversation that I've had with this woman that I'm talking with. It's like, like, I don't want this to be sexual and you don't want this to be sexual. So just like, let's just put a boundary up at the beginning. That like, like let's define this relationship. This is a friendship. Right. Yeah. Don't. Right. Don't assume more than that. Yeah. Don't ruin it. Yeah, and just be an adult about it. Right. And just. Yeah. And don't. Go, fuck up your whole life. For <laughs> <laughs> a night. I think that's a powerful <laughs> thing to say too. That. That let's be adults about this because I think that a big part of this is especially in. And again, kind of coming from that, you know, religious worldview. Growing up in that, we have a poor outlook on the ego. Yeah. You know, we don't really understand what it means so much. And and I totally believe that it's in the Bible. Like the the the, the flesh and the spirit are in opposition and all that. And everybody just runs to sex, right? Right. Well, that means sex. You know, the flesh, sins of the flesh, right? You're talking about boobs or, or whatever, you know. You're thinking about them. You know you are. Big old fleshy titties. You, you <laughs> sinful little boy, you know. And so, and so we, we, we think about but that's not it. I mean, there's a lot between, again, that statement, given the opportunity, would you fuck her? Yeah. That statement assumes that your, your ego is so small that you're so lacking in self-control right. yeah. that you're just, uh, okay. you know. Yeah, I mean, it's really coming at it from the mindset of a 15-year-old boy. Yeah. yeah. And, they, and the church wants to arrest you there mm-hmm. and keep you there for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I think that's some of the self-talk around the ego. 
is that the ego, the ego is that kid. We've talked about that a lot on this show, that our egos are kind of this childlike or childish part of ourselves that just needs to be integrated into our adult selves. So that, that being an adult about it and keep being mindful of that is, is important because, yeah, we all have a 15-year-old horny fucking kid in us, you know? Men or women. At least, you know, it's like it, it, some have more self-control than others. I think that the appealing thing is to is is honesty. Yeah. And in relationships, that uh, Neil Strauss's book keeps coming back, and it's probably one of the neon signs that flashes in my head is that imagination never meets reality. Yeah. So you're going to have what that might in your mind be like, and you build that up. Yeah. To such a Crescendo yeah. of you hear those stories all the time. Yes. Yeah. And you go, oh God, what did I just do? Yeah. And yeah. You roll over and look at her. Yeah. And you think, oh shit. Yeah. What did I do? And again, it's keeping all that shit under wraps too, and that's something a lot of people do. I wanted to kind of visit that idea. That's not even just in Christian culture, but but in in kind of American macho men culture is if, when you have a daughter. And she has a male friend, right? <laughs> you gotta establish authority. I'm right. the alpha. Like, oh yeah, he's your friend. You know what he wants, you yeah. know. And, and it, it, depending on how young they are, you know, there's that too. But again, it's it's building trust and establishing. I think it's not being afraid to walk into with someone you love the the antagonism, right? Because so you're kind of visiting the antagonism with Misha. Like when you said, oh, don't trust me, right? <laughs> like that's a beautiful and, uh, way of stepping into the antagonism and going, this is what this is what we're doing. This is what's on the table. But just bringing it out in the open and being in the light with it, so to speak. And that's, I mean, that's the big variable. Yeah. Is my relationship with my wife's really good. So there's not a reason not to have yeah. a friendship with another woman. Like I'm not... I'm not going extramarital for something that I should be getting. From yes, marriage. exactly. And I think that would be, I don't know if there's psycho- psychology or people that our therapists have any kind of like emotional affair language. Right. But I think that's what, you'd be medicating, right? right? Yes. You're using a, a relationship with the opposite sex to medicate. And, I've, and I'm very conscious, I've always done this, um, to be very extra praising of my wife around these friends because I don't want to get into a bitch fist about because that sets up that tees all that shit up yep it does of like, yeah. of like yep my wife can't do this can you yeah yes. or my wife won't yeah, do right, right. you I really wish that my wife was more like you in this way and just tease up all that shit or yeah. let's flip it I wish my husband had been more like you were Right. Or like you right, are. Right, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. another... Because yeah. you are so... You listen. Right. And yeah. I'll be straight. I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't use me to medicate. That's a huge yeah. ego boost. Hey, you're yeah. cracked by... Yeah, and it oh, does. Yeah, I can do that for <laughs> you. Yeah, you walk away. I can away. give you whatever. I can be your messiah. <laughs> yes. I can fix you. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, and that's the scary part because I have gotten that. Mm-hmm. And that is... That's a euphoria. That's yeah, a drug. It feels good. Yeah. Yeah. But being conscious of that, and even saying that, speaking it out loud, is important. And a lot of people don't do that. They just no. like 
Ooh, I'm gonna hold on to that. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Put that in the spank bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the spank bank. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember Will awesome. Will Ferrell of Saturday Night Live was in some interview, and this person was asking him like. But people look up to you as a celebrity, like they think you're almost godlike, and they put you on this pedestal. And he goes, "Yeah, it's kind of messed up." And he goes, "I love it though." <laughs> yeah. He goes, "I so like it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but hilarious. the reality then is, you know what you're really like. Yeah. So yeah. it's the high, and then it comes crashing down as a low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you keep going after that uh, affirmation. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of you know a lot of your even professional athletes. Piggybacking off our last topic, that's what they do. Is they like that euphoria, and that when they're done, their careers are done. They're most of them are broke and divorced yeah, because yeah. the euphoria is gone. Yeah, okay. they can say that the thing I missed was I, I watched a little documentary last night on uh, Peyton Manning and his older brother Cooper, who could never play because oh, yeah. of degenerative right. neck. Although his son is supposed to be the better than all of the quarterbacks. But he said the thing I miss above everything is the guys. Yeah. I miss the bus rides. I miss the locker room. I miss hanging. I miss going into battle in that con- that contested. Yeah. And that's that euphoria. Those relationships. Those relationships. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's interesting. But yeah, the well, old- even this, I, I that's why when we went from six to three and a half with, <laughs> with the occasional Chuck. visit from Chuck. That's the thing I, I was afraid of is this relationships that I don't have anywhere else. I don't have in a church. Yeah. I don't have with the group of guys because I have it to a level, but it, with the church it gets to a level and it stops. Yeah. Because you can't go right? yeah, you can't go below that. But what if you do anyway? Like I've I've always thought about I don't know, like I've been in church groups where I felt some of the it was just me, you know. I think the big thing about that was my recovery and getting into the whole kind of addiction recovery from the sex stuff. I think you're my pretty compulsive unique in your ability to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it just, it, I, was, I didn't used to be like that. I used to be a faker, right? Yeah. And I don't know. I guess I kind of blew out Christian kids when I was a teenager too. But part of it was my angst towards God and stuff. Like, you know, God doesn't like me. And so you probably shouldn't like me either. Right. I don't know. And and I guess yeah, I guess I, I had layers. I want people to like me, and I could fake it a lot better before. But now I just I can't afford to. I can't afford to not. I had one guy say, "Oh, you Russ, you just gotta be you, don't you?" I'm like, yeah, I guess that's you. Like, if I don't, then I'm then I'm I'm not authentic. I'm bringing out something that is. And I, you know, there's a whole weird social thing, like I should wear hats and all that. But yeah, female friends, male friends, I don't know, I have to be honest. I, we did, the conversation I had with Wendy, so there's a, there's an episode that'll go up soon where, uh, Reverend Wendy Wolf, who was a guest on the show, uh, interviewed me, and I'm gonna, I was gonna put that on the feed. Uh, she, said she, I, ever she said I could do us? that, but it, it got, yeah, she probably would. She would. That'd do be that. fun to have her. She's down. in North Carolina now, yeah. so well, that would be a plane ticket. Unless, but she's got family up here, I think. So, but yeah, it's it was that conversation got to where you know it's one of those. Oh, if my wife heard this, would she be okay? <laughs> I think I think she would. 
but it's, but that voice comes and hits you again, right? Like that little that little shamey church lady thing jumping up on my shoulder. You know, you're having this. What are you talking about this stuff publicly for? Um, with a woman, no offense. You know who has you doing that, right? Well, you know she's gay. Well, she's yeah, she's bi. I mean, that's what that is in she's married itself to a woman. is. Another kid that was in our group years ago, she is gay. And uh, I was telling my wife about her. I, I'd, I'd seen her in a couple places out of the blue. And we just chatted and just going through some stuff. And she, my wife goes, well, what was she like? And I go, she's gay. And it's very obvious. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, okay. You know, it was like, that was okay. Then. Yeah. yeah. I do miss lesbian friends. Yeah. I had a bunch in college. Really? And there's just... It's such a different dynamic. They're girls, but they're one of the guys. <laughs> That's yeah, so they're, true. Well, just the tension's gone. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. go fish yeah. somewhere else, right? No, like, yeah. like let, let's hang out. But if, like, I'm just... Yeah. Yeah. We're... we're yeah. It's, it's not going to happen, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> just don't, don't try. Like, and don't even have it in your mind. Like... Like no, uh, yeah, and it's it's really a unique, special thing to have that female perspective and not ever have to really think about the sexual tension, um, and that's nice. Yeah. I had sexual tension on my end because it was weird. Like when I was single, and I had I had lesbian friends when I was single, but there was still it was weird. But I did like the 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 camaraderie. Like they weren't so as sensitive. Like I didn't have to. Walk on yeah, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells when it came to just I don't know being kind of a punk rock metal guy. I mean, there's wide variety of lesbians, but yeah, yeah it's for me it was mostly just not having to worry about that tension anymore. I heard this podcast where this guy was interviewing this woman. She was a lesbian. It was really cool, and she kind of talked about you know messed up upbringing and just the wisdom that she had. And the, the funny thing I took away from it, at the end he goes, he was a comedian, he goes, he goes, I have to ask, he goes, do you have one of those stereotypical jobs, like, do you, you know, Are you a drive a jack? truck or something like <laughs> yeah. that? And she was this long pause and she goes, I drive a forklift. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, it's like one of the guys. That's beautiful. Not trying to, I don't know, it was funny to me. What do you guys do? You guys think about? Um, say somebody called you and said, "I think I'm having an emotional affair." Some Christian guy called you. What would you? What would you say to that? Start person? asking about his wife, like his relationship with his wife. Yeah, yeah. like that's got to be where it starts. Because I don't know that emotion, you know, I don't know that it's real, but I don't know that it's not real either. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, True. It's. Yeah, that might be a little strong, the whole emotional affair thing. But at the same time, it's like, well, there's some pain going on there, yeah. probably. And there's some shit that you're afraid to tell your wife. That's not good. Um, maybe you should dive into that. Yeah. Like, And also poking around asking the questions like, how much of it's just kind of Christian guilt? And how right. much of it's like, yeah, you're medicating something or... Right. You're not having hard conversations, or yeah, there's but, something something significant that you're missing in your relationship with your wife, uh, and maybe you should put less energy into this 
friendship, I'm more into figuring out what that is. Yeah. Um, or maybe you need to end the marriage. But you, you should be asking those questions instead of trying to sneak around the back and get what you need quietly. Yeah. Right? I had a buddy who uh, his wife had an affair. He ended it and divorced. And it was about, I want to say, a couple of years later, she came knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. And she realized, I screwed this up. It's too late. It was what you just said, though. If it had been addressed at the point, as opposed to, let's act on this and then run with it. Another guy, you know, and that's what's so bizarre, is I know a lot of guys, there's one guy, he was, his wife left him for another woman, or another man, rather, sorry. And uh, she got married and then realized that it was a mistake and that she still loved her first husband. Mm. But she was committed to that relationship. And now he says, I've got a better relationship with my ex-wife and she's married to another man than I ever had when we were married. Yeah. And I go, he goes, he's a Christian guy and he goes, it's really bizarre. But he says, evidently, evidently, there is something that I... What I needed to to learn that that was the only way it would happen. Yeah. But that's like, oh God, really? He goes, yeah. Well, we have great, great conversations on the phone now. Right. You or know? they could just be better friends. Yes. Than yeah. they are yeah. spouses. Yeah. Exactly. Like, sometimes that just happens. Right. Yeah. Where it's like this. We have a definite connection, and this is really good. And when you're but 20 years old. Yeah. Right. You think that's it? Yep. And I think that having those conversations with other guys is important too, yeah, because it's like it's kind of like that line from uh, Russian Doll, you know, where she says therapists are important because we're horrible navigators of our own story. And narrators of our own story. Narrators. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So when when you have someone who can kind of enter in when you have those feelings, right? Like I have a female friend. What well, does your wife know about it? Yes. So what's the deal? You know, well, I'm having feelings. Well, what are the feelings? You know, and why? Right? Like all these questions kind of help right. narrate the direction of the relationship, or at least for us guys, where we can go, or or women, or whoever. Right? Like there's there's just a really important those relationships where you're asking questions and because you care about the person and you don't want to see them light their lives on fire. So in conclusion. In conclusion. Go fuck up your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> or don't call a friend. Don't, don't fuck up your marriage. <laughs> or or if you're a man and you have a female friend, you know, uh, call a friend, right? Right. Be proud of yourself call, and call, call, call your a other friend. female friend. <laughs> and, and ask your other female friend if this female and this new female friend is cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as you haven't had sex with her. I don't know. Or if you have. Well, it depends. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. We're, we're, we're embracing the complexity. We're trying to land a plane we just crashed. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how we do it. We're, that's adult. right. Embrace the complexity of life. There you go. How's that? Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe. Like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound? Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast.
Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't chicken out! It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. That's a huge bitch! It's like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. <laughs> 